Welcome to the Neuropathy Support Group and Podcast. I'm Chris, and I'm so glad you tuned in. It's my hope with this podcast to help all of us gather information that might help those that need support dealing with this debilitating issue. Hello, and welcome to this podcast. Before we get started, let's get the formalities out of the way with the medical and privacy disclaimer. I am not a doctor or medical professional. The information on this podcast is from personal experiences and is meant for group support. Additionally, the information discussed is not meant to diagnose, treat, or cure any underlying conditions associated with neuropathy. All names here within are private and will not be shared with any outside sources. Please consult your healthcare provider before making any health decisions. If you have medical concerns or an immediate emergency, Please contact your doctor or dial 911. Well, how's everyone doing? It's evening time here, and I felt it was better to do it now, so I cut down on the noise from the kids. But today we're going to be talking about neuropathy in general, and that's going to be talking about what is neuropathy, symptoms and causes, diagnosis and treatments, and prevention. Now, I know we've talked about this um, issue very uh, probably several times now, I kind of like doing updates on this because things do change. But this time around, I went ahead and did it because we have a lot of new new uh, listeners. And I just want to get them up to date on, you know, what the effects are of uh, neuropathy. And maybe they'll learn something also tonight. Or, you know, they'll be able to find the material that I post on my Facebook page. And they'll be able to uh, read it over themselves. The same document I'll be talking about. But I thought that was a good topic to start with tonight, so that's where we're going to be, and that's coming up right now. I just want to reach out to all of you, too, and I know uh, many of you have noticed the um, advertisements. Those are affiliates programs that I've applied to, and all I do is ask for your support. It's products that you can purchase that kind of relates to neuropathy. And, you know, if there's something you want to buy on the site, that'd be great. That's how it supports me. No cost out of me. You're not paying me. You're paying me affiliates where I get just a little sum of it. But I'm just trying to find other ways for me to make money to be able to pay my bills, such as this page and the uh, editing and all that stuff that goes along with it. But, yeah, again, please, if you can, please hit the links up. That are in each post. Alright, let's get started here. Neuropathy or nerve damage can cause and can result from a wide range of conditions such as diabetes and even treatment like chemotherapy. In fact, neuropathy, which sometimes referred to as peripheral neuropathy, is not a single health condition but rather a term used to describe a range of health problems involving damage to the peripheral nerves as well as the symptoms of those issues. While the conditions are irreversible, you can now take steps to maybe uh, to help with and prevent neuropathy or manage it through diet, lifestyles, and treatment. So first, here's the signs and symptoms of neuropathy. Neuropathy symptoms ultimately depend on underlying causes and the individual but they can include, according to the Mayo Clinic of National Institute of Neurological Disorders and Strokes, 
It can cause it could be a, a sign of temporary or permanent numbness, a tingling, prickling, or burning sensation, increased sensitivity to touch, pain, muscle weakness or wasting, paralysis, dysfunction in organs and glands, impairment to urination and sexual function. To understand how neuropathy acts in your body, it's important to know that your nervous system is divided into two parts. One part is the central nervous system, which controls the brain and uh, spinal cord, and the other one is the peripheral nervous system, which transmits messages between the nervous system and the rest of your body. In turn, the peripheral nervous system is divided into a voluntary or somatic nervous system controlling all of the functions we are aware of and can consciously control such as moving your limbs and involuntary automatic nervous system regulating process we can consciously direct such as a heartbeat breathing and digestion damage or disruption to both voluntary and involuntary peripheral nerves can be involved in neuropathy. Sensory and, money and motor nerves can be affected according to the Mayo Clinic. Alright, here's some causes and risk factors. The nerve damage behind neuropathy can happen in a variety of ways. Here's the first one. Poorly managed diabetes. The most common type of neuropathy is diabetic neuropathy, which affects people managing diabetes with poorly controlled blood sugar, and it accounts for 60% of the total people with neuropathy. And that's where my neuropathy falls under. The next one is idiopathic neuropathy. The second largest group of neuropathy sufferers are those for which no cause has been identified. 23% and therefore their condition is known as idiopathic peripheral neuropathy and that doesn't give you much of an idea of what they're talking about okay the next one is cancer specifically chemotherapy induced peripheral neuropathy afflicts 10% of Americans with neuropathy HIV and AIDS accounts for 2% of total neuropathy cases and are attributed to HIV AIDS, which can be due to the effects of the human uh, body having an immune uh, virus or the drugs used to treat. Additional health conditions, including the autoimmune di uh, diseases and health events such as physical trauma, are associated with neuropathy. So, for those that have a low count in B12, which is about 10 to 15 percent of people, and over the age of 60, have uh, shown been shown that this is an issue that they have low counts of b12 now some sources of vitamin b12 include fish meat poultry eggs and milk and other dairy products getting more b12 in your diet is important if your doctor determines you are deficient through a blood test but taking b12 supplements and getting injections is also the option which I was taking B12 injections for a while there and just got too much of a hassle so I just buy them over the counter now 
but according to the National Institutes of Health and Office of Dietary Supplements, they um, the recommend daily allowance of the nutrient for most people ages 14 and older is 24 micrograms. Though women who are pregnant and lactating should get 26 mcgs or and 28 mcgs but again before you take any supplements you always should talk to your doctor first they may be in you know interfere with other medications you're taking at the time taking metformin which people with type 2 diabetes commonly use to control their blood sugar may increase your risk of b12 issues not having enough if you are taking the medication, be sure to inform your physician so he or she can look out for other areas that you may be low on, uh, you know, vitamins. So you want to make sure that you, you're on the right dose and recommend get your dietary advice from your doctor to make sure he is giving you the right medication. And if you're taking supplements, wet milligrams, you need to ask all those things to make sure it works and it's not going to interfere with any other medication like I told you already that's the most and very important thing that you could do for yourself and your health mostly you want to check to make sure you have enough copper in your system also but here's excess if you take two months of nutrient consumption getting two months of a nutrient can also lead to neuropathy as well for instance too much B6 can be toxic to the nerves the normal requirement is less than 2 milligrams a day, yet many B6 supplements are 100 milligrams or more. B6 is also an additive to all sorts of packaged food. So if you take B6 supplements, you really should have your blood levels checked to make sure there's not any excess. Next topic is exposure to toxins in food. Toxins contained in food we tend to think as of healthy such as seafood can also lead to neuropathy in our center this one dr Harris says he sees people with higher levels of mercury which can cause neuropathy the epa reports that fish can contain mercury and recommends that children and women who are 16 to 49 years old, pregnant, and breastfeeding limit their servings to two to three a week. Arsenic, another heavy metal, can also cause neuropathy if ingested in high amounts. Usually, this results from exposure via drink water that has been exposed to industrial waste. Arsenic can be found in brown and white rice in increase amounts but not at levels high enough to cause nerve damage. The uh, previous article provides greater detail on the nerve damage that both mercury and arsenic can cause. Brown rice can have high arsenic levels and that can cause neuropathy too, which again you can um, take this document here that I'll make sure is posted in my Facebook page so that way you can either take it to the doctor or read it for yourselves and go from there. So for myself I take B1 and B12. Those are the twos that I take. So many of you that have neuropathy probably already know how this is diagnosed. 
There are a number of ways in which neuropathy can be diagnosed. Generally, the process will start with a physician taking down a patient's history that include a description of your complaints as well as physical examination to check the functions of the area in, in question. After these tests are ordered, then the doctor will tell you what type, what, the, what type of test he wants to give you. So it can either be an electrodiagnostic test, a needle examination, blood tests, skin biopsies, and quantitative uh, sensory testing. So a prognosis of neuropathy. The prognosis for neuropathy depends on the type you have and how much it has progressed. Nerve damage can be permanent. However, correcting the underlying condition that caused neuropathy can also can allow nerves to restructure and, or regenerate in some cases. For instance, getting your blood sugar under control can help halt the progression of nerve damage and improve the symptoms of diabetic neuropathy. So now I like uh, what I talked about earlier. There are different neuropathies and there's also, there's more um, neuropathy and how it's diagnosed also. So you can just read all that information off the um, transcript that I'm sending via my Facebook page so you get a better um, idea of what they are. A duration of neuropathy can be long-lasting, even permanent. However, the case, in cases of cancer patients undergoing chemotherapy, the nerve damage can be temporary. Just over two-thirds of those who have chemotherapy experience neuropathy one month after their treatment, according to the review of studies. By the time you get to six months out, the proportion has decreased to 30%. So there's a small section here about treatment and medications options for neuropathy. There are a wide range of treatments and medications for neuropathy. Depending on the type of nerve damage and the severity of, of your symptoms, common over-the-counter medications that people reach for to address mild to moderate neuropathic pain include Tylenol, which I took. It only lasted probably about three or four months, and the pain is getting worse. Um, there's also anti-inflammatory drugs like NSAIDs, which is like aspirin, ibuprofen, naproxen. And then there's topical treatments such as capsaicin and lidocaine creams. When it comes to capsaicin, for me, I don't know if I'm allergic to it, but every time I put it on my skin, it burns. And you can't get that burn away. It takes a while. You're rubbing it with water and trying to get it off your skin, but it burns a lot. So for me, I stay away from anything that has capsaicin in it. I never found it to work anyways because I was more in pain than anything else. So that's something you might want to be careful of. And prescription medications can be taken as well, which is like Celebrex, opiates, which I take, and Tramadol. Parents can get a measure of relief from such traditional and non-specific medications, but they are more likely to gain relief from certain categories of medications that have a specific effect on the pain waves. They act on pain from abnormal nerve firings or nerve signals. 
So I want to get here and talk a little bit of the alternative or complementary uh, therapies that you could use, which I've been uh, posting on my Facebook page very, very much, <laughs> just to get you guys used to using cannabis or any type of that that comes from the, um, from marijuana. But let me talk to you about that real quick. Derived from the same cannabis sativa plant that produces marijuana in hemp, it has been used to in the treatment of chronic non-cancer neurotic pain, but more studies are still needed to be done. A small randomized controlled clinic trial that had, was published in December 2019, there was significant reduction in intense pain, sharp pain, cold and itchy sensations in the CBD group when compared to the placebo group. Now this is the new one that I'm taking and I got this suggestion from one of my listeners out there and I thank you very much because I didn't think this would work even my doctor thought the same but alpha lipoic acid it did I wouldn't say cut it in half but it did uh, brought down the gates a bit and it did give me some better um, pain levels to where you know I didn't have that much pain at all now so I thought it was real good to, to be using this and I haven't stopped since but when you get that chance I would check with your doctor the antitoxic has been used to treat diabetic neuropathy it is a naturally occurring fat acid fatty acid found in foods such as spinach broccoli yams potatoes, Brussels sprouts, yeast, and organ meats such as the kidney or liver. No, thank you. In 2016, the review of random controlled trials concluded that 600 milligrams of oral or intravenous alpha lipoic and in acid improved symptoms in five of the trials studied. The next one is cardiotype. The body makes all of the ketamine that is needed in healthy children and adults. So it is not necessary to get more from supplements or nutritional sources such as meat, poultry, and dairy. However, supplementing in its fatty acid form, known as acetyl-L-cardiotine, can help treat neuropathy. Some studies have shown nerve regeneration and an improvement in nerve pain. All right, let's go on here, diet and neuropathy. Proper nutrition is key for preventing or treating any health issues that may be at the root of neuropathy. I really think that there's uh, a problem that you might need to check into if you go see your doctor about diet. Um, what it says right here is there is no one size fits all. But a good start includes limiting sweets and sugar-sweetened beverages, as well as large portions of food that are high in starches and carbohydrates. Opt for a balanced diet that is heavier on vegetables and fruits and includes portion-controlled high-fiber and whole grains, low-fat or non-fat dairy. Having celiac disease can put you at risk for developing nerve damage. So if you have been diagnosed with disorder, stick the gluten-free diet prescribed for you. As the uh, Foundation of Peripheral Neuropathy describes, gluten is found in many types 
of breads, pasta, cereal, and um, uh, processed foods that contain wheat, rye, barley, and sometimes oats. If you have alcoholism-related neuropathy, it goes without saying that the best advice is to abstain from drinking to help control your symptoms. Heavy drinking can result in some of the nutrients such as vitamin B12, as well as directed poisonings of nerves can happen. Again, that's one thing you want to check with your doctor. Because, you know, even though I'm taking this from, um, you know, Earth Day Health, you still need to do some investigating for yourself and, and check into it, you know, even with your own doctor. So how now can we prevention or prevent of neuropathy? As the foundation for peripheral neuropathy notes, you can adjust your eating habits to address underlying causes of neuropathy, such as diabetes, celiac disease, and nutrient issues, such as not having enough vitamin B, B4, B11, and B38. Also, also exercise can help you to prevent or slow the progression of diabetic neuropathy. Furthermore, according to Medline Plus, it can help to strengthen muscles wasted by motor neuropathies. Complications, and I kept going on and on. I didn't realize the time was already 21 minutes. So let me see if I can find one last thing. Uh, related conditions and causes of neuropathy. Following diabetes, idiopathic neuropathy, chemo therapy, and AIDS. Other types of neuropathy make up the remaining 5% of causes of it. So you've got physical trauma, infectious diseases, compression, repetitive stress, toxicity, hormonal disorders, alcoholism, autoimmune disorders, and metabolic disorders. So as, at the very bottom, these are resources that this place here that I'm reading from um, has the best info in regards to neuropathy. So there's, there's about four, five, six, no, there's about eight different places. So click on those spots and see what they have to offer you. Might be a lot new or more information that you need. So that's something you want to look into. Oh, looks like we've come to a close today. I'm so grateful for all of you. Take a look at some of those things I've posted. The places that I've suggested online on my Facebook pages about the shoes and soles. And then also the uh, CBDs that I've been suggesting. Try them out. See how they work. And I will talk to you next week. As we come to a close, it's my hope this podcast and other sources, such as product reviews that I have discussed today, can better our lives and give us some relief dealing with neuropathy. This episode plus others are posted every Monday on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. And finally, Whatever life throws at you, even if it hurts you, just be strong and fight through it. Remember, strong walls shake, but never collapse. Talk to you next Monday.